I love that first chapter of John. It is such a gorgeous reading. It, we read it on Christmas Eve, as many of you might recall, and then it's the lectionary reading for today. And I, I think because it's so beautiful and spiritual sounding, poetic, I think it's just worth us pondering over and over again. Maybe that's why they give it to us so many times during this season. It's such a spiritual take on the birth of Christ. It kind of demands our attention. It gets me thinking, too, that in this particular line of work, working in ministry with so many different people from different walks of life, we get the great good fortune of of people sharing their stories of their encounters of God and how that feels to them. Sometimes it goes like this. Someone will say, in the midst of my grief, I felt God's presence wash over me. Or, as my car spun out of control on the ice toward oncoming traffic, I felt something lift the car up and move it to the other side of the road, unscathed. I felt a warmth on my shoulders, someone will say. Or, a stranger saved my child's life and then disappeared. These are stories that are always so powerful to hear and Most of the time, people are overcome with emotion as they retell these encounters. And sometimes I'm actually quite envious of their certainty of what's just happened in their life. Other times, stories of the encounters with God seem a little bit more ordinary, easier to even chalk up to luck or coincidence. A long-forgotten check arrives just when you need the money the most. You meet your soulmate on a crowded train. You miss your flight only to discover that that particular plane crashed. One door closes and another door opens. And then even harder to define and quantify are God moments like these. You climb a certain mountain ridge for the first time, catching it just as the sun appears red and orange over the horizon, daybreak, and you get goosebumps and your eyes begin to tear up with emotion at just the beauty of that moment. You hold your grandson for the first time or your granddaughter for the very first time and retelling it to friends, you say there are simply no words to explain it. You're invited to dinner, and the meal, the company, the wine, the conversation, the whole setting, maybe outside under the stars, it's all made for the perfect night, as though the stars aligned just for you. You sit down to write a paper and take an exam, and and somewhere within you, it just starts to flow, and you know you're in the zone or you're deep in prayer and meditation and you experience that sense of peace and joy like you've never felt before. Everything just seems to fall away except for the present moment filled with light and love. What we're talking about here in all of these examples are the times in our lives when we recognize beyond a shadow of a doubt that something special, something otherworldly has just occurred, that God is with us. 
These moments give our lives meaning. And we're always searching for meaning in this life. Something truly miraculous or extraordinary to just shake up the ordinariness enough to make us feel more alive. It's what bucket lists are all about. That's why a bucket list exists. Bucket lists leave us in awe and wonder, breathless with meaningful moments that remind us that being alive is itself something to marvel at. Researchers have actually done some, some uh, digging into why we should choose experiences over things, and here's some of what they've come up with. To begin with, experiences bring more joy. A few years ago, for example, I went paragliding over the Pacific Ocean near Torrey Pines, California. I ran straight off of a cliff into the wind, screaming, by the way, the entire time, it was an out-of-body experience, and to this day, I find it hard to describe the feeling of that moment. Maybe if you've ever had the opportunity yourself to paraglide or skydive, you know what I'm talking about. You know that feeling, but what it is is that experience that is just unforgettable. And researchers say that even though experiences don't usually last as long as things, like as long as a, a, a new smartphone or a watch, for example, they deliver longer-lasting happiness simply because reminiscing about the thing brings us joy over and over again. Look at me still smiling when I think about paragliding. The other reason that uh, researchers have found that um, we should choose experiences over joy is that experience, I mean experiences over things, is that experiences also broaden our horizons. Interacting with people from different countries and cultures, for example, gives us a sense of perspective. It helps us remember that the whole world doesn't center around our way of thinking and doing things. The whole world doesn't even center around our, our own community or, or our country even. There's so much to learn from different communities, whether it's new food, language, ideas, morals, religious values, or simply just new ways of looking at the world. So experiences open our minds and our hearts more to the world around us. Another reason experiences matter is that they are hard to forget. In remembering these experiences, we're reminded of why that particular moment was important to us to begin with. Paragliding was something I had always wanted to do, always. And on one glorious day, things just aligned and came together so unexpectedly that the memory of that day, all of it, all of what happened to lead up to the event itself is embedded in my mind as much as the gliding itself is embedded in my mind. It was just a surreal day. So memories of our experiences can last a lifetime. The next thing they say is that experiences also have a much greater impact on our identity than things do. So we are the sum total of our experiences. A new couch or a new toaster doesn't really shape you. It might reflect who you are, the design of it, the functionality of it might be kind of neat, but your identity is really shaped 
by the things you do, not by the things you buy. So because of new and exciting experiences, we are able to find and discover new parts of ourselves that we might have neglected. We can find compassion, joy, confidence, and a sense of adventure in experiences. And finally, my personal favorite reason to choose experiences over material things is this. Experiences build connection. Whether it's creating memories with loved ones, which many of you just experienced over the holidays, meeting new lifelong friends, experiences give us an, an opportunity to connect, to talk, to share common purpose, Everything from joining a sports team to making new friends at a hostel when you're traveling to taking your mom away for a spa day or going for a walk with your best friends. All of these things work to build connection and memories. When we, experiencing something, when we experience something transformative, whether it's a significant conversation or a life-changing adventure, we are often filled with wonder and awe. Jewish theologian Abraham Heschel calls our reaction to such moments radical amazement. We use words like surreal, magical, unforgettable, transcendent, mystical, magical, miraculous, mind-blowing. We say that we get tingly or teary-eyed or we have an out-of-body experience. How many times have you heard someone say we're over the moon just trying to explain how out of body we feel in these moments. All of which brings us right back to a little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. Angels sang, shepherds quaked, stars appeared, all of creation bowed. And no doubt there were tears of emotion welling in the eyes of Mary and Joseph. In other words, the world was having an experience of God that would change the world. Kind of makes the hair on my arms stand up when I think about that. Something is happening here. Pay attention. God is with us. What the birth of Jesus tells us now and told the world then is that God can be and is fully embodied and a, and a sensorial experience unlike anything we've ever known or seen before. No one has ever seen God, John wrote in the scripture reading that we heard this morning. Ah, but now, now the word made flesh the incarnation of the divine, the birth of a baby nursing in his mother's arms, means that we not only get to see God, but we get to taste and smell and feel and hear God too. We get to experience the fullness of God. And think about it. It simply makes no sense for the word to become flesh, for God to be made known to us in the humanity of Jesus, if God is not able to be experienced on every level of what it means to be human. That we can experience that fullness, both the, the human and the divineness of God, 
Through that, we receive grace upon grace, we're told. John tells us from his fullness, we receive grace upon grace. Every time we encounter Christ, whether in scripture, prayer, conversation, study, discipleship, every time we encounter wonder and awe, we are saying, this matters. I'm not taking this for granted. Just like the song lyrics that Micha just sang with the Currys so beautifully, I hope you never leave, lose that sense of wonder. I hope you take nothing for granted, especially not the sublime wonder of life itself. Take nothing for granted. Take not this moment, these people who are sitting here today, those of you who are sitting and watching at home, the ability, the technological ability to be watching from home, engaging in worship, the snow that, that has fallen so beautifully, the drive up to the chapel, whatever it is that you're experiencing this morning, take nothing for granted. Notice the beauty of life itself because an experience of God begins with an awareness of God with us. Most of you are sitting here today or watching online because you want to cultivate that awareness. You want more of God. Some might come tentatively, cautiously, a little shy or uncertain. Some don't even quite know where to begin. So I invite us all, regardless of where we are in our faith or in that journey, to just start right now, just as an experiment today, cultivating an awareness of God by being curious. It could be as simple as asking yourself, I wonder how that happened. I wonder what that's all about, without having to try and figure everything out. Just wonder at this marvelous thing. Spend some time being curious about the unknowable. As a friend of mine recently said, oh, the wonder of a question with no answer. Another way we cultivate awareness of God is by allowing ourselves to be astonished. Be in awe over the events and the encounters that we have. Simply taking everything in so that we can acknowledge the smallest of things to be grateful for. I know people who have done this during their chemotherapy treatments, people who have done this as they're sitting in the grief and the loneliness of whatever it is that they're going through in dark times, but just finding the smallest of things to be grateful for in that moment helps us cultivate an awareness of God. Because what we're talking about here is not God with us in the joy-filled celebratory moments of life, but God with us, period, full stop. God with us. The God-sent baby in a manger who came into the world so that we could more deeply experience God. Not an inkling of the divine, not a theological idea or book knowledge, not oral history of God tenderly handed down from generation to generation. These are awesome, wonderful, great 
but God came to us so that we might have a real, live, honest-to-goodness, spine-tingling experience of God with us, one that's unforgettable and radically amazing. So let's choose to wonder about that. What if we walked through life intent on recognizing God with us and then connecting to God through that recognition? How would that change us? How would that change the way we show up? And while we're at it, what if we marvel also at the wonder of someone else's lived experience? Rather than judging difference, or can I marvel at the fact that God is with others as much as God is with me in my lived experience? How does that work? I wonder how that might change the way that I look at others around me. Cultivating an awareness of God with us, among us, and all around us at all times leads us to a sense of radical amazement at this great good life. And that promotes a sense of peace and well-being, which generates gratitude, which generates joy, which fosters hope, which leads to the very fullness of this human experience. And that's something that God knows a thing or two about. After all, God slipped into human flesh and bones and moved into the neighborhood, as Eugene Peterson wrote. We have seen God's glory, full of truth and grace. It's mind-boggling. And because of that, we can also experience the fullness of that truth and grace in our lives every day. God with us. Amen.